In your Bibles, 2 Samuel chapter number 12 tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 12. And when you turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 12, we meet uh, David at a very, very low moment. Uh, not only is David very low, but Bathsheba is also very low. And David has committed his sin with Bathsheba. Uh, David has been uh, uh, addressed, I should say, maybe uh, confronted by Samuel the prophet. And he tells the story of uh, the poor man's lamb. And uh, David is the guilty party. He has... Uh, lied and cheated and stolen and murdered, committed adultery. And when we come to chapter 12, the 15th verse, Bathsheba is expecting David's child as a result of an adulterous relationship. And everybody's low. David has uh, come to grips with the fact that he's made a terrible mistake. Bathsheba has lost a husband and gained a husband and is bearing a child and the child's been born. The child's very sick. And we come to this passage of scripture, verse 15. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 15, And Nathan departed unto his house. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David. And it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice." How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? They said he is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house. And when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he called his name Jedidiah. Because of the Lord. And we're coming to this passage of Scripture and we're asking the Lord to help us. Let's pray. Lord, bless the preach of your word, I pray. Hide me behind your cross and may we exalt your name and learn of thee tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to preach a message tonight titled this, Making the Most of Life After a Fall. 
Making the most of life after a fall. Something I'm encouraged about in this passage of Scripture is when we begin to read in verse number 15, we understand how low David and Bathsheba are. We understand and begin to feel and sense the heartache of the moment. But at the conclusion of this text, there's a new baby in the arms of Bathsheba. Joy in the heart of David and Bathsheba. As Bathsheba holds in her arms a little boy named Solomon that we know is going to do a mighty work for God and his glory. I love these transition passages because I always want to look in them and see what happened and what caused God's people to go from the lowest to the low to a moment of peace and rest. And if you're here tonight and you've suffered from a fall, you've fallen into sin, you've done the wrong thing, you're suffering the consequences of a life poorly invested or bad decisions. I want you to know something. There's life after a fall. Aren't you glad? And God wants us to make the most of our lives after a fall. There's two temptations that I think of immediately when I begin to think about this passage of Scripture. One temptation is to have this idea that I have sinned so much and so badly and fallen so far that there's no hope for me. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And God is able to raise you up. The other is the temptation that we have those folks who only by the grace of God have not had these deep, dark falls into sin who look down their self-righteous noses and bring and cast judgment on people and give them no hope of life after a fall. Oh, may God help us never to have the kind of condescending, self-righteous attitude that thinks somehow that someone in your world has fallen so far and so deep that the grace of God cannot rescue them. I'm thankful for the amazing grace, love, and compassion of God and his willingness to rescue the perishing. There is life after a fall, and we can make the most of life after a fall. There's a number of Bible characters that we can look at really quickly and understand that God gave them opportunity after a great fall. The first would be Adam and Eve. You remember Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve, they made a mess. They sinned in the Garden of Eden. They introduced sin and death to God's perfect creation. Adam and Eve, they had two sons, Cain and Abel. What a tragic story. But let me tell you something sweet. After Cain and Abel and the fall of man, God rose up a little boy named Seth, and there was hope in the lives and the home and the hearts of Adam and Eve. How about Eli? You remember Eli? Eli had rotten sons. If I'm not mistaken, their names were Hophni and Phinehas. And those old boys, they were bad news, but... In the heart and life of Eli, God gave Eli a chance to raise up a boy that wasn't his own. Samuel came and became the great prophet of God. How about Samson? I love the story of Samson, except for the part where Samson falls into sin because of his foolish relationship and wicked relationship with Delilah. But I'm so thankful as I look back on the, lives of Sam, the life of Samson. Samson was able to repent of his sin, turn to the Lord, and God gave him great victory in his death. Samson, Moses, David, Peter. What about Peter? 
Denied Christ three times. But God used him in a mighty way. Folks, I just want you to know this. There is life after a fall. Praise the Lord. There's life after a fall. And tonight, I want to bring this message. Making the most of life after a fall. Making the most of life after a fall. The first thing I want to bring your attention to this is, number one, we should welcome chastisement. We should welcome chastisement. Now, this is a sad story. This is a very sad story, and I, I, I remember the first time that this story really had meaning to me. I was a very young preacher, and I began to read it. There was a little baby that had died, and I had part in the funeral. I was just a very young preacher, and my heart was broken, and someone had mentioned this text, and I began to read it and study it. And I thought about how devastating this moment was in the life of David to watch this baby die. Because the byproduct of his sin. You know, sin has consequences, right? You know what we're tempted to do? We're tempted to respond to our own sin so pridefully and arrogantly that we think somehow that God is unjust in allowing trouble to come into our lives. David comes to the place where he welcomes the chastisement, and God is going to use this difficult season in David's life and Bathsheba's life to bring them up to a place of repentance and turning to the Lord. The Bible says in verse 15, And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David was chastised of the Lord. Now, folks, when God offers punishment to us as people while we live. What should we do? Should we receive it with bitterness and anger? No. We should welcome the chastening hand of God Almighty. You'll find this hard to believe. But there were times growing up that Brooke and I got in trouble. Can you believe that? Yeah. And let me tell you something about my mom. If my mom said, you are getting a whipping when you get home. Guess what? We got a whipping when we got home. It was a fact. I mean, you could set your clock by it. You could write her down. We were if we she threatened. She didn't just threaten. She followed through. Why did Mom correct me and Brooke? That's exactly right. She loved, look, she didn't correct me and break my heart and break my will because she hated me and wanted to prove her point. No. The Bible says if we spare the rod, we spoil the child. And if a father loves his child, he corrects him. A sign of love is God saying, whoa, Nellie. Two times that's come up in my messages today. I like it. Stop. Chastisement. Folks, when God issues punishment, when you have to suffer because of your sin, don't you hate God for it? By the way, if you're one of these people who are still bitter at your parents for attempting to raise you the best they knew how, stop that mess. There's never been a perfect parent. And we should welcome chastisement we should welcome the punishment that God is willing to dish out for us because the punishment that God brings on his children is not punishment in order that he can squish us like a bug it's punishment so that it drives us to him and causes us not to fall again so we can have actually have life again and joy again and peace again and effectiveness again 
And somehow, and for some reason, in God's perfect understanding of his created being, his son David and Bathsheba, he saw some reason fit and righteously to say this child is not going to survive. And in this passage of scripture, David has to welcome the chastisement. We don't read in the 51st Psalm, David bitter at God. We read through the Psalms that David welcomes the fact that God was gracious and kind enough to correct him in the way. You see, if we're going to make the most of life after a fall, we're going to have to welcome the chastisement. We're going to have to embrace the discipline. We're going to have to embrace the punishment. And it's okay. Any correction that God does in the lives of his children has one intention life after a fall life after a fall may God help us to welcome chastisement number two making the most of life after a fall welcome number two brokenness welcome brokenness well, we love it when we're broken, right? Isn't that so? It feels so good to be broke. No, it really doesn't. I don't love to be broken, but I like the byproduct of brokenness. Here's what the Bible says in verse number 16. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken under our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? Now, the, the servants of David, they were watching him, and David was broken. David was, uh, David was uh, burdened. David was praying. David was fasting. David was seeking the Lord. And his servants were so uh, concerned about the reaction that David had had over the sickness of the child that they were scared to death to tell him, that the child had died because they didn't know what in the world he'd do. David's broken. Verse 19, when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, is the child dead? They said, he is dead. Now, what do we see here in David? David welcomes brokenness. Let me tell you something. It is better to be broken than it is to be bitter. It is better to be broken than it is to be angry. It's better to be broken than it is to be sinful. You know, there comes times in all of our lives where we just have to get to the place where we have, we have deep sorrow over the sins that we've committed. We have deep sorrow over the byproducts of our sins. Now, we are not intended to stay that way forever. And it's just amazing that it's a sweet thing because David, he is broken. But we watch the transition happen. He says, is the child dead? They say, it's dead. And David does something interesting. Verse 20. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house. And when he required, they set bread before him. And he did eat. What did David do? David, after the child had died, he gets up, he washes himself, puts on clean clothes, he gets something to eat. And now the servants are terribly confused. And they say in verse 21, Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? 
Thou didst fast and weep for the child was alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. He said, I don't understand. They don't understand. And David explains in verse 22. He said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? Verse 23. But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. I love that promise. I shall go to him. He shall not return to me. Now, David is welcoming brokenness because he knows that I can trust the Lord. My brokenness and my willingness to humble myself before the Lord is going to put me in a place, in a position where I can respond to the tragedies of life the right way. Let me have you know something. If you think that an angry, bitter person is going to respond to tragic situations the right way, you're wrong. But when we humble ourselves before the Lord, when we face life humbly, trusting the Lord, expecting God's blessing and experiencing brokenness and welcoming brokenness when we've sinned, the byproduct will be the ability to respond correctly to the troubles of life. What did David do? A great tragedy had occurred. He didn't curse God. He didn't blame God. He responded correctly. He rested in the promises of God. And he makes something very plain. He says, you know what? I sought the Lord and just in case he decided that it would be the best thing through his grace to save that child's life. But it wasn't. And he said, I can't bring that child back, but I can go to him. Uh, that's a whole other message and a whole other day. The glories of heaven, the promises of God. But David, there was life and hope for David after the fall. Why? Because he welcomed brokenness. He welcomed chastisement. He welcomed brokenness. And finally, number three, he welcomed forgiveness. He welcomed forgiveness. Oh, this is so sweet. Look at the Bible says in verse 24. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. Now, there's something that changes here in this passage of Scripture. Earlier, we see that David confesses and repents of his sin. In verse 13, David says, I have sinned against the Lord. He admits his sin and confesses his sin. And we know that God has forgiven him. And he's gone through this great trouble, this chastisement, this brokenness. And now we meet up with David after the baby has died. And David has cleaned up and straightened up and God speaks up and works in David's heart and David the Bible says in verse 24 comforts Bathsheba his wife now I want you to see something interesting about the way that God in his word addresses this lady Bathsheba in verse 15 in verse 15 the chastisement the punishment the brokenness is going on in verse 15 the Bible says and Nathan departed into the house and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. Now, what does God call Bathsheba in verse 15? Uriah's wife. It's very important we pay attention to that. Uriah's wife. You see, to call Bathsheba Uriah's wife was to an indictment from God that she had sinned a great sin. Uriah's wife. 
But then look with me in verse 24. The chastisement, the punishment, the brokenness has come and it's time to welcome forgiveness. What does God say? The Bible says in verse 24, David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. What's God's word say? How does God's word refer to Bathsheba now? In verse 15, she was Uriah's wife. Sinner, sinner, sinner. In verse 24, she's Bathsheba, David's wife. You see God offering forgiveness. God offering a second chance. God saying, hey, look, Bathsheba, you blew it. David, you blew it. But I want you to know something. I'm going to use you anyway. There's life after a fall. The Bible says in verse 24, David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son. And he, David, called his name Solomon. And the Bible says the Lord loved him. Isn't that sweet? The Bible wants us to know how God felt about Solomon. Now, this was a rough situation and a terrible arrangement. But the byproduct now, after seeking forgiveness, is the Lord loved Solomon. David named Solomon, Solomon. And you know what the name Solomon means? Solomon means peaceable. You know, fathers name their children after the condition of their hearts. And I'm thankful to know that when Bathsheba gave birth to Solomon, nine months has passed and God has been working in David's heart and there's joy in his heart again and there's life again and there's a restoration and there's peace again. And David is in a state of mind so much so that when Solomon is born and he says, hey, I'm naming that boy peaceable. And I can't imagine but think that David must have looked to God and said, thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for peace. Thank you, Lord, for giving me hope again. Thank you, Lord. He says, I'm naming him Solomon. I'm naming him Solomon peaceable. There's a fascinating turn in verse 25 that I want you to see. So David names the boy Solomon. Then the Bible says in verse 25, And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. The name Jedidiah literally means beloved of the Lord. The end of verse 24, the Bible said of Solomon, the Lord loved him. In verse 25, God sent Nathan, and Nathan named Solomon Jedidiah. Why? Because the Lord loved him. Beloved of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I think it's a sweet thing that God says, David, you've done a good thing, name him peaceable. You've got hope in your heart and peace in your heart. Life after a fall. He says, as a matter of fact, I want to encourage you one more step. And he sends Nathan the prophet. Call him also Jedidiah. Beloved of God. And God sends a message to David and Bathsheba. Hey, listen. I know you blew it. I know there's been chastisement. I know there's been brokenness. I know there's been punishment. But I still love you. I've forgiven you. I still love you. I've forgiven you. And his name was Solomon Jedediah. I love that phrase, that name. 
and there's lots of people. It can be a southern thing where you get two names, like Pamela Joe. I've got a Pamela Joe in my family. And you could come up with the other names. Uh, there was uh, some folks who came and visited my in-laws the other day, and uh, they were uh, fascinated to know that we refer to my wife as Ruthie or Ruth because they always knew her as Ruth Ann. But I can't help but think that there was ever a day that Bathsheba and David, when they called for little Solomon in the house, that they didn't call for Solomon Jedediah. You know, it would have been a sweet token of God's grace to be reminded that God had sent word from heaven. Hey, listen, Bathsheba, David, y'all blew it. But I just want you to know I love you. I want you to know I want to continue to use you. I want to continue to bless you. And he proved it with this boy, Solomon Jedediah. God's faithful to forgive. Aren't you glad? You're here tonight and maybe you've fallen deeply. Maybe nobody knows about it. God does. And you know what? God loves you. God accepts your repentance. Turn to the Lord and remember there's life after a fall. Make the most of life after a fall and just see what God can do. Let's pray.